Hey guys, it's MMA by Milliken. Hope you guys are staying safe, staying positive, and staying vigilant, especially in these what has been a crazy week. Uh, special condolences go out to Robert Whitaker and his family. You know, situations like that really put things into perspective. I think a lot of the events that took place, the irony is that I uh, start off the week explaining how and why I separate uh, the personal, you know, I talked about separating the personal page from the MMA page. Uh, and really just by happenstance, it wasn't really on purpose. It's just I wanted to get back into MMA and that's how the page ended up being separate, you know, putting up a separate page instead of turning a personal page. And then the personal page had gotten just uh, completely political. Um, and it's crazy because I was on, I was, the plan was to lighten up because I've been interacting with folks on MMA Twitter from my personal page. So I was, you know, here the plan was, I'm going to lighten this up a little bit. I'm going to stay away from the political stuff, focus more on other things in my life. And this week, wow, <laughs> what a what a crazy week. And, and it's funny because I was explaining why, you know, I'm not going to, by the way, I'm not going to block anybody from the personal account, you know, because this week really showed, you know, um, with the deaths that took place, just so many things that are happening. It's really hard to separate the two. It's hard to separate. Politics are ingrained in racism, and it's hard to separate the two in this day and age. And everyone who said that they're not going to talk about it ended up talking about it in some way, shape, or form. You know, even if it was just going through what was going on in the moment. It still incorporates politics, you know, and it's funny because people were talking about um, wrestler, uh, uh, professional fighters, MMA fighters who do the same thing. It's hard to avoid it too, so I'm not going to, the whole delete thing, no, not going to, uh, block thing's not going to happen. But, um, but if you are, my apologies, again, it's no, don't take it personal. But today's episode is going to be a breakdown I'm going to do a quick run because I'm running behind. So I wanted to get, get you some quick information out there. You know, I do the over, under, the favorites, the underdogs. I want to get you that list very quickly. And then I separated the segment. I do more of a detail segment for Whitley versus Burns and Caitlin Chukagin versus Antonia Shevchenko. Not because I like Antonia, which I do, and Burns. It's really because it's just such a bizarre matchup and really a lot of implications for their prospective rankings. But before we get into today's episode, let's hear from the day's sponsor. Okay, guys, so here I'm just going to run through uh, who's the favorites, who's the um, underdogs, give you a little insight, but uh, saving the details, um, running behind, I apologize for that. So Daniel Rodriguez and Gabe Green, um, now as far as I know, they made weight, but I don't have, in terms of their numbers, I don't have that, I apologize for that. Morales and Gutierrez looks like they made weight. Morales is a minus 120 favorite over Chris, who's minus 110. Not no, you know that's not a big gap right there, not a big ratio right there. It can go either way. Casey, 
is a minus 275 favorite against Smolka, plus uh, 215 right there. And for some eyeball reason, there was a 101-minute wait time in terms of the weigh-ins. That's not good. That means someone's struggling to make weight. And that's never a good sign right there. That can affect the fight. That can affect the outcome of the fight. Those are little details that I think people need to pay attention to. Very important to check the weigh-ins. One, to see if the fight still continues. If it's at catch weight. And um, and in situations like that where the, ma- the weight is made, but it's such a gap in the time frame, it's like, okay, maybe there was something else going on. Or what? Abreu came in um, at the last minute, 84-minute gap there. He came in after Mackenzie Dern. So uh, Elliot, Tim Elliott going up against Rayval. Rayval is a plus 140 underdog. Tim is a minus 170. Uh, and looks like, um, per my records, he came in at the weight limit, 126. Then we have Abreu Hill, uh, Jamal Hill, who... Uh, they were dead even when uh, I looked at the numbers. They were dead even. But to me, Jamal is a slight favorite in that matchup. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, Abreu needed the towel of shame for his weigh-ins. He you know, came in at the limit of 206. He was actually 206.5. Yeah, he needed the towel to come in at 206 to get that fight to continue. Uh, Antonia came in 120. What I have is that she was at 125.5, which still isn't all that fantastic. Caitlin, 126 at the limit. Caitlin is a plus 110 underdog. Antonia is a minus 140 uh, favorite. I don't understand that at all, but here we are. I also don't understand how in the world Mackenzie Dern is a minus 400 versus Cyphers, who's a plus 300 in this weight situation because she... Made weight, made uh, the weight five pounds under the limit at one point one fifteen point five, but there was a gap. There was a gap. There was a wait time for Chukagin at thirty seven minutes. There was a wait for this fight of eighty two minutes. It's ridiculous. Cyphers came in early, got it over with. Dern took her, you know, took forever because she really isn't a one. 15. She's really not a straw weight. She's a flyweight. Just move up the division. Now, the weight, unfortunately, that was missed. Uh, and uh, I, fa- I actually favor, if I was going to have a, a solid upset pick, it would be Cyphers. She would be my solid up- upset pick right there. Um, but for the most part, uh, and um, oh, or Chuk again. Chuk again may come in with the upset as well. Uh, and uh, uh, But yeah, um, and then what we had, but in terms of missing weight by one uh, by one point five pounds was Weaver, who uh, apparently the entirety of MMA Twitter cannot stand, hates his guts. Some think he's a good fighter, others just plain hate his guts. Roosevelt Roberts, um, so Roosevelt Roberts will collect twenty percent of Weaver's purse. And uh, he, but uh, Roberts is a minus 350 favorite. 6'3", uh, 73 inch. Uh, apparently the reach is the same. Rosa Roberts is a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Very important 9-1. Uh, 
Uh, three finishes via strikes, four subs, two decisions. And so we'll we'll see what happens there. Brock is a plus 265, 15 and 4. I had him at 15 4, but uh, he's listed on the ESPN as 14 and 4. 28 years old, uh, reported as 6 foot tall. I don't know. Two finishes via strikes, three subs, eight decisions coming off of uh, a victory. But he is two and three in his last five, which isn't good. But yeah, uh, apparently the thought process is a sub loss for that individual there. So, um, Quarantino versus Carlisle, as we, as everyone should know, that was already that was catch weight from the very beginning. Um, Spike. An alpha ginger that has grown a huge fan base since his debut. He is the underdog in that matchup at a plus 110, 27 years old, 5'7", as we saw. 71-inch reach, he came in at 150. As he said, he was going to come in at 150 pounds. He gave the heads up like, you know, hey, can we do this at 150? Billy agreed, and which is great because that allowed Billy to go ahead and not, I don't know if he cuts weight, how much weight he cuts, but... He gets the heads up so he can come in at a regular weight, uh, at, a, at a close weight range of 149.5. And of course, with Quarantino, um, well, Spike, uh, nine, uh, 71 inch reach, as I said, uh, and 901 coming off of the demolishment and questionable elbows, as people uh, have said, including Michael Bisbing of Allen, Alan. Cruz. Uh, Ginger is on a five fight win streak, five wins via strikes, three subs, one split decision. Only professional loss was to Sarob. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Menas Yan. Ah, sorry. <laughs> if you're interested, the Ginger's uh, amateur record was 4-1. Yeah, uh, I favorite the favorite in that matchup. Going in. Blago Ivanov came in under the 265 weight limit at 255. That's what I have, 33 years old, five foot nine, or at least that's how he was listed. He is a black belt in judo, gold medal winner in world champion, world sambo championships in 2008, 18 and three, nine finishes via strike, six subs, three decisions, uh, one NC come off split decision loss to Derek Lewis at UFC 244, a decision loss to JDS, and an RNC loss to uh, Rio Nick Choke, Choke loss to Alexander Volkov, three and two in his last five, two and two in the UFC, former World Series fighting heavyweight championship, someone who is extremely hard to finish. So this could end up, and it's heavyweight, so this could end up being a boring fight. I do expect him to use the Sambo, just as a side note. Augusto Sakai. Uh, they both came in dead even. That's the numbers that I have, is that they both came in dead even in terms of 
the betting uh, odds, uh, Sake is 14, 1, and 1, 29 years old, 6 foot 2, 77 inch reach, uh, 5 fight 1 streak in the uh, 4 in the UFC, 4 wins in the UFC. Uh, they had him listed as, so I don't know, you know, 6 3, 6 2, uh, 1 loss uh, via split decision to Czech Congo. Uh, 11 finishes via strikes. So, yeah, I, I just think that I'm not sure if Ivanov can neutralize the Muay Thai of Augusto. I'm not sure if he can utilize the uh, neutralize it using the Sambo. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I favor, I really favor Augusto. Gus, even though um, I don't know if it's hard to finish, I mean, both have a good record. Uh, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But I think uh, Augusto will uh, get that done. Um, but, he, I mean, he's, he's going up against a, a high-level uh, crappler. So we'll see what happens. And that's... That's really talk about keys to victory. That's it right there. Is the is to utilize the uh, grappling. And next up, we have the main event of the evening, which uh, you know I'll discuss. I discussed already separately. And, uh, yeah, just a reminder that, uh, of course, they both made weight and that Gilbert Burns is a plus 155 underdog with Woodley being a minus 190. So I guess the good the thing to do would be to have Woodley as the dual parlay with him for the KO. Burns possibly, eh, I don't know, but he's the favorite. Maybe just put some change on him to win and add that to a small Line bet going. Parlay, eh, possibly for a seven. I don't know. I don't know. He's a he's high level. But yeah, that's it. I wanted to run through the run through that quickly. Uh wish I could have uh just added a little bit more details, but um yeah, just wanted to save time. Thank you guys for listening. Okay. Hey everyone, I'm doing something a little bit differently. Not sure if I'll continue doing this, but I was running behind. So what I'm going to do is a breakdown of specific fights. Um, and then I'm going to do a breakdown of specific fights separate. So that way you can just listen to that um, segment and, you know, hopefully enjoy it. And I'm going to do just a run through the whole card in terms of who's technically the favorites uh, versus underdogs, you know, as far as betting is concerned. So um, I hope it's okay. Um, yeah. So let's get right into it. We'll start off with Woodley versus, now again, remember, it's just the fight. So it'll lead into the next segment, but you can just listen. Okay. So, yeah, Woodley versus up, of course, going to be the main event of the evening. Woodley versus Burns. Tyron Woodley versus Burns. He is a minus 190 favorite, Woodley is. 
NC Division All-American, as you guys know, 2003-2005, former UFC welterweight champion, 19-4. Uh, and four. He's 3-1 and 1 his last five, nine, three, and 1 in the UFC. Black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which you all should have witnessed him receiving after his Doris choke of Darren Till. He, of course, received his black belt from UFC alum and third-degree black belt himself, Den Thomas. Seven finishes via strikes, five subs, seven decisions. You know, one KO and all of his other losses have been have come by way of decision. He was 7-0 as an amateur, the chosen one, 38 years old, 5'9". 74. I have 74 inch reach for him. Burns is the taller fighter at five foot ten, uh, with a 71. Suppose you know again, you know I, I don't trust some of these numbers. I always incorporate height and reach. So you know the 30, the two inch difference. To me, I still favor Gilbert in terms of having that reach. Garrino. Burns, uh, he made weight also. Both individuals made weight. Uh, Burns, 170.5. Uh, both both individuals made weight for this contest. Fighting out of Rio, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. But right now, currently out of Florida, he is someone who rust, did catch weight wrestling prior. But, wow. Of his accolades outside of the octagon, he won silver at the Calif at the World Jiu-Jitsu Championships. He also won gold in 2011, gold medal at the Nagi California World Jiu-Jitsu Championships 2010, 2013, and the World Cup in 2010. Also, Abu Dhabi. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, just a grappling machine. This 33-year-old is only five-fight win streak. 18 and three, 11 and three in the UFC. One KO loss to Dan Hooker at UFC 226. The rest are all by decision. Four KO victories, two TKOs, eight subs, four decisions, and of course, when you compete. In all his different competitions, you're going to make your way up the chain. And he is a two, and in his case, a second degree black belt in jiu-jitsu under Rafael Fofuchu Barrios. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this matchup right here is crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. You know, it's... Okay, so Willie's in uh, a predicament because Leon Edwards is all the way in London. Don't know, you know, and the question is, should he wait for travel to resume? And then what is that travel going to even look like to go up against that individual? Who he was preparing for? I mean, me, I would have played it safe, honestly. Um, and it's something that Gilbert Burns, to me, should do going forward. Uh, he is a plus 155 underdog in this matchup. I do think he can get it done if he can get out of that first round. That's one big if, because he's someone who likes to engage in his opponent. He's someone who wants to have exciting fights. And this could be um, into finish, not just one, but to finish Woodley would be a huge, huge deal. However, 
wow, Willie hasn't been finished in a long time. His last, you know, his, his loss after, you know, when he lost his championship was a five-round decision, which we kind of saw happening. I mean, that's what Usman does as well. But it's been a long time um, when, in terms of Woodley going the full extent and still finishing. Uh, usually it's by decision when he goes the whole way through. But again, he has been going up against some pretty tough opponents like Wonderboy. Uh, he's a pretty tough opponent, a uh, striker who, I mean, utilizes that to avoid the takedowns. I mean, he's just uh, an incredible athlete. Gilbert Burns concerns me because I don't think he just really doesn't have the same amount of uh, speed and volume and maneuvering. And it kind of keeps his head up a little high. So I am concerned that first, second round, he could possibly get KO'd. But I do believe that if he fights smart, which I hope he does. The problem, of course, fighting smart usually kind of in this situation, he's trying to avoid a KO. Takedowns won't mean anything to him. First of all, he has the ability, especially technically being the bigger fighter, he does have the te- he has, does have the ability. And again, he has a wrestling background to stuff the takedowns from even from someone as strong as Woodley. Woodley hasn't fought in a year, and he's 38 years old. That's going to factor into this situation. So I really think that this, uh, you know, it, it's it could be a lights out affair. For either man, I mean, we saw what Gilbert did to Damian Maya, what Woodley did to Robbie Lawler. Now, again, even that fight, Robbie, stick, he has his chin out there to be, and he's knocked out by Nick Diaz, of all people. I mean, no knock on Nick, but it's like, come on, man. <laughs> he's doing something wrong in that situation. Not that Nick doesn't hit hard. But, you know, it is someone who kind of sticks his chin out. Um, even Darren Till, he fights his head is completely straight up, back is straight. He doesn't lean in. Uh, he doesn't really block, guard, maneuver to – he did – He, the loss has taught him a lot. He did much better in his last fight as well. The loss taught him a lot, and I think that's what happens. You know, those KO – you know, especially in the KO law, whatever, however the loss is. Anderson Silva, you know, he lost – via sub and man he made vast improvements made it to a uh, i mean while well, talk about climbing the ladder in jiu-jitsu he did that i mean he became a just a superior submission practitioner along with the elite striking so you know it's a learning lesson if gilbert learns if Gil, gilbert loses this will be a big time learning lesson for him as well however with that with his credentials on the ground, he is not going to lose in that department. If Willie decides to wrestle, which to me would be a horrible mistake, he will get subbed probably on the way down. He will probably end up in a guillotine and it will be tight and he will go to sleep. So this guy, I just don't get it. You know, it's like, just wait. And well, you got to make your money. You got to make your money. But that's on him. He's a grown man doing his thing. And, you know, look, how many times does someone have to call you out? You know, of course, Gilbert would have continued torturing them on social media. There's a back and forth between him and Edwards, the whole Kobe Covington situation. Ah, but I think I would have waited. I would have waited for Edwards. And it's just too much of a risk in this because he we're talking about a individual who can catapult himself 
way up the rankings with a win here. And he has the ability to do that. I don't see... You know, I think with Woodley, it, it does help when you can outdo him in every facet of the way. Because to me, Usman is a just a better version of Woodley in every regard. Striking, grab, I mean, to me, he's just a better version of Woodley in every sense of the word. Gilbert, I don't know, in the striking department. I'm not sure about the striking department. But if anyone could possibly outpoint Woodley, I think Gilbert has the gas tank to do it. And the main thing is that the the ground should be avoided in this. I can see Gilbert trying to, you know, work some mission on Woodley, but I, I don't see Woodley going for a takedown in this. I think that would be just a, a just a terrible, terrible mistake on his part to do such a thing like that. I favor Gilbert in this matchup. I think he would be a good uh, underdog pick. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how, I, you know, I think the keys to victory for Woodley, again, I'm just, you know, observant individual, you know, on the outside looking in. But, um, you know, hey, the, the first round uh, and, and kind of impose his will, I think he is the better striker out of the two. Because um, the thing about Gilbert is the counter-punching. Woodley usually counter-punches. So I don't think he'll be, he'll be in, and Gilbert tends to be a little aggressive. So I just hope Gilbert doesn't play into Tyrone's, uh, Tyrone. Tyron's hands in this matchup. Uh, keys to victory for Gilbert. I mean, hey, look, he is the more elite practitioner on the ground. So if the takedown does come, which I highly doubt, 38 years old, been out for a year, I, I doubt there's any of that going to happen. But by some stretch of imagination, he does. I would work Woodley over something fierce. I would, man, he could. He should molest Woodley on the ground. He's too high level not to. The striking, ah, chill. <laughs> chill. Just, you know, jab, get get the jab going. Uh, stick and move, get the jab going. First, second round, and then do what he usually does for the, for the remainder of the uh, card. And possibly go for the... Uh, TKO, but later, later. But again, he may see opening and, and blast Whitley. You know, either one might blast the other. But I think, I think Gilbert can do it. I think he can uh, get the points going. And uh, I think the main issue is that he can stay off the ground. That that's the key. Is because we saw what happened. You know, Whitley if he gets outmatched in especially more than one area, but particularly the ground, he he, he has issues. If you can outmatch him, and it's hard to outmatch him via striking for someone who went toe to toe with uh, Wonder Boy. So yeah, uh, you know both individuals have uh, you know they have their hands full with this. But I lean towards the underdog in this matchup. One of the few. I mean, it seems like everyone has Whitley with this one. I may be completely wrong, but yeah, I'm going for Burns. <laughs> okay, so just. Uh, Quick breakdown of the Antonia. I just got to have to dedicate something to the gorgeous, the lovely Antonia, Antonina La Pantiera Shevchenko. Who? Mercy. I mean, they got me. UFC got me good, boy. The minute I'm like, nah, this is wrong. Don't do this. It's wrong. Just wait. Just wait. Nah, don't do this. This is... 
Yes, but we have Michelle Waterson. Oh, no. We got Don Cerrone. You want to see violence, don't you? We got Don Cerrone and a, a Don Cerrone that knows that he, you know, he didn't pull his all into that, you know, finally admitted that he did indeed not pull his all into that Conor McGregor fight. Yes, that's the Cerrone you want to see. Yes. Going up against Anthony Pettis, and he won't get knocked out this time, possibly, because he's coming in as a different, somewhat different Donald Cerrone. It's like, oh, I can't miss that. I can't, I can't think of a time that I actually missed a, a Cerrone fight, to be honest. Or Pettis. So I'm like, oh, my God, seriously? Even old versions of them. I'm like, yeah, man, I got to see that. God, y'all got me. And I can't lie. I mean, I'm thinking about all kinds of things. Like, look, maybe it's time to cut all this stuff short. It's a pandemic. Uh, these fights aren't going to go the way that we want anyway. The rankings are flushed down the toilet. There's no way to keep up the rankings because you can't have all the athletes compete at the same time. Well, not at the same time, but a lot of them can't compete because of the travel ban. Plus, don't even know what the conditions they're all in. Don't know what they're going through. You know, uh, what what their families are going through. It, it's like, nah. But, yeah, they got me. Boy, all damn near all my... If, if not my favorites, I can't do on top of that. You know, so well, not on top of that, but it's like either either they are my favorites and they just happen to be I can't even like Michelle Waterson. Or it's like someone I'm, I'm okay with. And they're like some of my main eye candy. Perfect example is Ariane Lipsky, the queen of violence. Oh, even they had her show up. I'm like, oh my God. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And even though Claudia Gadelia, I mean, she just irks me as a fighter, man. She just... Oh, my God. I was so done watching her last fight. So done with her. Uh, but then it's like hey, going up against Angela Hill. I'm like, oh, man, I can't miss that. Damn it, Angie. He's another one. Angie's another one who uh, I try not to miss her fights. I don't care if she was fighting a trash can. I would not miss it. So I'm like, oh, man, Angela, too. God. Yeah, they, they got me, boy. Uh, just this fights, I just cannot say no to. And here we have Antonia Shevchenko. Oh, my goodness. Going up against the Chook, Caitlin Chook again. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is bizarre. Bizarre, very bizarre matchup. Because if it, it, because we're talking about someone who is right there at the top rankings. I don't like, I don't know why they have her. Because at one point she's number one. And then it's. Just guy, but JoJo should be number one because she's fighting for the belt, and then those two should be two and three, respectively. So yeah, I don't know what's going on with that situation there, uh, or what was it? Jessica, I, I, yeah, and then there are fluctuations. I mean, Jessica is coming off of a, a victory. Uh, JoJo, last I checked, was ranked at number three, which is bizarre. Uh, but either way. Caitlin is right at the top. And this is a huge fight. I don't know why she would take this fight at all. I could see maybe extracting some revenge. It's like, well, I couldn't lost to the first Sochenko sister. Let me get the oldest sister. Let me get her. I could see that being a thought process, but it's like, man, a Muay Thai fighter? A former world champion Muay Thai fighter? With with 39, who's 39 and 1? With six TKO? Uh, victories, six finishes. Eh, man, no. Why don't you think? Well, 39, 26. Listen, those are six. Well, six KOs. Look, 
still. We're talking about someone who went to war who also can finish. And when she comes, she's coming off a finish versus Pulova. So I sub finish at that. She's a Shevchenko. So she's going to have a little bit of everything, same as her sister. Now, will she be able to implement it the same way that Bullet does? I doubt it. You know, like the judo, for instance. Because to me, that's another, that's a good tool for any MMA fighter to have. But Valentina, in particular, utilizes judo so well. She utilizes it so well on top of the Muay Thai, on top of the boxing. And, of course, on top of having a ground game. So they're both going to have a ground, you know, Anthony is going to have a ground game. The question, of course, is the boxing and mixing up, you know, integrating the boxing with the Muay Thai. I think she kind of struggles with that. Uh, and, and then waiting for a setup. You can't wait for the setup. You have to do the setup yourself. With the bot, and then of course there's being aggressive versus a counterpuncher. So that's the question, and to me in this fight, will Caitlin try to utilize more counterpunching instead of just range kind of thing, extending her range and trying to use that, particularly with someone who she's not really going to have the reach, height and reach advantage over. There's not going to be a big height, a big difference in height and reach, and she couldn't use that versus bullet anyway. Well, it, it, I just think this is a bad fight. <laughs> I think this is a terrible matchup. I just, for the life of me, I cannot understand why, how, they do this all the time. They did this with Jessica. When Jessica went up against Vivian, she was, in her last fight that she won, she was the underdog, even though she was higher ranked. Here we have this again. Caitlin is the underdog in terms of betting, and yet she is going up against a 12th ranked fighter, which I don't understand how Antonia is the favorite, of course, is the name. But the thing is, this is going to be a tough fight. I think this is going to be a tough fight for Chuke. Um I just don't think it's a good matchup. Not simply because Antonia is, is a Shevchenko, it's because this is a Muay Thai fighter who can close out that range, get underneath of that reach, and just get the knees and the elbows going and beat the snot out of Chute. Chute gets hit. Not a lot of head movement there. Um, the footwork, I just, you can't be stationary with any Muay Thai fighter. We've seen what Joanna Yemjacek does to people who just are just entirely too stationary. She just brutalizes them. You have to get some good boxing going. You get either one. You have to do the. You have to have like say the experience of Angela Hill. Even uh, I mean, people criticize Magnum, but I mean, twenty fights. She has experience, man, and she's a Muay Thai fighter in her own right. You gotta either have this strong Muay Thai along with the experience. Or you got to have some really good boxing and be able to maneuver and not get take a lot of punishment, which is what we see with Doug Rose is good at. She's good at not taking a whole lot of punishment and just delivering and having excellent, uh, excellent outstanding boxing and utilizing. Because to me, boxing isn't just throwing a punch. It's head movement, footwork. That's what boxing truly is. And she's the best in the division at utilizing that. So, I mean, just just to give examples, that Muay Thai can be something that is very devastating 
and can guarantee wins going straight up. And then when you compound that with somewhat of a ground game, we saw what Ahmed Habaz did to Mackenzie Dern. When you have a ground game of your own, now Chuk is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. So I think she can say she has the ability to sub Antonia if it does go to the ground. But I just don't see why. I mean, I don't know about the judo toss and then get on top and then go from there the way that Bullet did. I don't think Antonia can do that. But avoiding a takedown or reversing it and then ending up on top, Antonia can certainly do that. Because, again, it's not much of it's not like Caitlin can actually bully her. And Antonia does throw bombs of her own. So it's not like she just is just pure Muay Thai. She'll literalize some boxing. And, again, her, her sister is Valentina Shevchenko. Why? You talk about the best training par- partner to have. That's it. Now, how much Antonia absorbs, that's the question. But I just think this is a hard... You're going to go up against someone whose family member defeated you, (laughs) who utilizes the same techniques. I can see if one was pure striker and the other one was pure grappler. It's like, nah, this isn't going to work. The perfect example is, uh, even though uh, Ben Askren is an accomplished wrestler and him and Woodley are cool with each other, Ben never got that striking together. But... At the same time, Ben doesn't listen to anybody, from what I understand. The man just doesn't listen to anybody, even to his friends, in terms of that situation goes. Sure, anything else, but there, he probably wouldn't listen to Willie anyway. But that's a perfect example of two basically opposite ends, even though they're both wrestlers, and that's, I'm sure that's what brought them together. Still, one turned out to be more of a, became an excellent striker. The other one didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the other one pretended to be a, a jujitsu pra- practitioner, which is bad enough, but, and just thought he could just fake the funk and just use wrestling for the rest of his, I don't know, for guess what the rest of his career. And it's like, do you know how I many, right? He ended up, his first fight in the UFC, he ended up begin, being up against a wrestler and Robbie Lawler. It's like, wait, wait. It's like dude, especially at welterweight, are you serious? You don't think you're going to run into another wrestler? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But anyway, this is not the same. You know, we're talking about two people who utilize the same thing. That's what Valentina did. She utilized striking. Uh, And that's what Antonia is going to do. So I I just think this is a horrible matchup for Chuk. I think it's a big mistake. But, hey, it might might work. And she gets back into the win column. And what better way to get back into the win column? First of all, I still think it's a bad idea. But if it works, good for her because she, one, will keep... Antonia kick her back to the 12th spot and possibly even move her down to 13th after the loss. And then the only person who's in really in her way, she can rematch with Jessica I, or she can wait and go up against Roxy. Now, I think that's an even worse matchup because there's no way she's beating Roxy on the ground. And Roxy, I think, will just brutalize it. She'll catch her a couple times. Chuk won't want any part part of it, and next thing you know, it'll be Grapple Fest, and Roxy will end up being the victor, being a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I think that's the tar. Well, Chuk just has to figure it out. She has to figure it out, because she's not beating Bullet anytime soon. But, you know, I don't know. You know, this could work, and she kicks a, you know, kick another dangerous fighter down the rankings. And then at that point, you know, I, I don't think... Antonia will do it much longer. She's 35 years old right now. I don't think she'll continue further, especially if she gets kicked back down. 
Valentina's confident that, you know, her sister will move up, and then once she moves up, she'll leave and go back to Bantamweight. If you want to make God laugh, tell him you got a plan. <laughs> Every single time. I doubt any of that stuff happens. I mean, but who knows? But yeah, I, I think that uh, the funny thing is I'm up here like, yeah, he's, this is, he's, numbers are wrong. But I, I do favor Antonia in this matchup. 